0: I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I wasn't entirely sure how I was gonna start this whole podcast series, but then it hit me. Why not talk about some of my favorite things with some of my favorite people, my friends? If it has a fandom, you better believe that me and my friends are probably talking about it. I wanna say thank you for downloading and listening to Casuals Only with Friends. Start the tape. shannon and thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the very first episode of casuals only with friends and today i am joined by two of my really good friends who also happen to enjoy uh, the last of us just as much as i do sarah and alberto
1: hello hi
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you guys um i wanted to know what got you into The Last of Us? Why are we here right now?
2: Um honestly, I think you got me into The Last of Us. Um did I really? Probably. I um I remember like seeing advertisements of it on Adult Swim and then you actually got the game and like I was over at your house at one point, we were playing it and I was like, Oh, this is really cool. So I went out and got it. But um Yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know, my
0: very first experience with The Last of Us was it was 2 a.m. I was watching Family Guy, as you do, <laughs> and this really cool trailer came on um, with this awesome music. And if I'm not mistaken, it's Salt of the Earth. And I think the artist is Overdrive, but I could totally be wrong about that. I just know that the song is the title is right. But um, I saw the trailer at 2 a.m., I thought it was badass, and I pulled all of my tips from working as a waitress, and I bought a PlayStation 3 the very next day so I could get The Last of Us. I did not have a PlayStation before that. Wow.
1: that That's a... That's a
0: <laughs> yeah, the marketing for the first Last of Us I thought was incredible, which leads me into kind of the trailers for... The last of us part two um the second trailer was it not at the european like gamescom or something like that
1: i'm trying to like think back if i remember any of the trailers Mm -hmm. uh really got me into the game was just like i mean i've been following like a lot of the major gaming outlets for a while now uh so anytime like a new game announcement comes out uh, i'm like all up on that and when i found out that this is a naughty dog joint like I'm in at that point I'd already played the Uncharted games uh the first two Uncharted came out uh, I think the last one that came out before Last of Us the original uh was the third Uncharted which came out I think in 2011 so two years before Last of Us released um so I I knew at that point that this is a game I have to get Like, like Naughty Dog doesn't make bad games uh as far as storytelling
0: yeah, I just took a total gamble. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea that Naughty Dog had done um, Crash Bandicoot. So when I found that out after playing The Last of Us, I was just mind blown. <laughs> but I had no context. I, I was mostly playing on my Xbox 360. So it really was that initial trailer for The Last of Us that really sold me on the game.
2: Yeah. no, I mean, the trailers are beautiful themselves just because they're so cinematic.
0: Yeah, and then just to circle it back, I know I brought it brought it up earlier, but the trailers for The Last of Us Part Two seem to have been very divisive amongst fans. Ooh, yeah. I know that the E3 reveal trailer was absolute total hype, but that was when the Ghost Joel meme started popping up.
1: Now was was the first E3 trailer when they showed <laughs> uh, the scene in like the middle of the woods with, uh, like, and that's when they were like, oh. This is like ultra hyper violent.
0: No, so um, it was in the woods. It was Ellie singing through the valley.
1: Okay, so then what I'm thinking of is like the gameplay trailer when they showed actual gameplay footage of the game.
2: Yeah, so I found very misleading.
1: Like compared to like
2: what I actually experienced in the game, that one was like the most misleading out of all of them.
0: I mean, I I I agree to disagree. I mean that trailer was literally ripped out of the second half of the game Uh, that is legitimately the Mm -hmm. gameplay moment when you meet Lev and Yara was that trailer so when I had that realization when I was playing the game that this was the trailer that they showed you know at Gamescom I was freaking out. I was like, oh, it all makes sense now because, oh, clip her wings and, you know, this ultra violence with the clickers coming out of the woods. I mean, I had no idea it was The Last of Us until you saw The Clickers and then it fades to black.
2: Okay, so I think I am thinking of the wrong trailer then. There was like an actual one that they did um, where it was like, you're... It, it's as Ellie, and you're, like, crawling underneath a truck, and then you get pulled out from the truck, and then you're, like, in a building, and you're shooting at people, and...
0: Oh, okay, that must have been one of the early gameplay trailers. Yeah. Or gameplay exposés, I Because I remember
2: the one when you're, you're in the forest, and you're tied up, and it's Abby, and she's, like, hanging by a noose, and everybody thought yeah. it was uh, yes, Ellie's yes, mom yes. at first. I remember like we that. thought it was going to be, like, a prequel type of thing. What? Yeah.
0: What?! I never once thought that was Ellie's mom. Yeah, it was like, what is I, it yeah, no, like, that was like the biggest what? thing going around. Who's that? Everybody was like, it's Ellie's mom. No way. That's mm-hmm. actually a really funny fan theory in retrospect, and I'm sure we'll get into it later. But yeah, no, um, I didn't watch any gameplay footage before I bought the game. I had already gotten my tattoo. I had already <laughs> pre-ordered the game. Speaking of which, uh, the pre-orders for this game was a disaster.
1: Oh, yeah. no, no. I've, I've long since given up on trying to pre-order games because I just I don't deal with any of that issue anymore because I know that they can be, uh, well, not this issue, notwithstanding, there's always some kind of issue with it. And also, with the exception of this game, which I knew was going to be a hit, if the game sucks, I don't want to have to be saddled with an extra 100 bucks worth of crap for a game that I thought was going to be awesome, Anthem. Uh, it ended up not being good at all. That was my. I, I, I'm like, watch Anthem, <laughs> Oof, Game the of the Year. I'm calling back.
0: That really hurt my soul oh. right there.
1: I am mis- mistakes were made. But <laughs> Yeah.
0: So let me tell you about um, my arch nemesis Best Buy and why I will never, ever pre order a game ever again. I. Missed the first drop for the Ellie edition and I was crushed. I mean, I I wanted the statue, I wanted the vinyl, I wanted the backpack. I wanted the whole Ellie edition experience and what I got was nada. So I told myself that I would wait for Naughty Dog to announce another drop of, you know, pre-order slots and I would get one right away. So my opportunity came in the month of February. I was just recovering from my ankle surgery, and I was in a very dark spot in my recovery. I was pretty bored. (laughs) I was just playing a lot of The Witcher 3, and when I saw that The Last of Us Part 2 had Ellie Edition back in stock, I jumped at the chance. Amazon was like the first to go, so I was like, okay, we're not going to do Amazon. I had already had bad experiences with GameStop, so then I was like, okay, Best Buy. I got my laptop from Best Buy. How bad could it be? I was fucking wrong. They're terrible. (laughs) They oversold. They oversold all of the Ellie editions up until the week of the release. They were still selling pre-orders for the Ellie edition. That's insane. So people, people were picking up the Ellie edition the week the game came out, and some people were. I chose to get it shipped to my house because I'm lazy and I like convenience. Well. People who had chosen to pick it up in the store, they were giving the Ellie edition to people who had just got, like, the standard edition pre-order. Like, they, ha- they weren't briefing the employees, so they were just giving away Ooh. Ellie edition boxes. So people who so were, like, I, actually
2: waiting for it, like you, yes, got screwed.
0: I was devastated. I was on the phone with Best Buy for the following two weeks, and I had already bought a digital copy of the game on the PlayStation store. Because I was like, I need to play it, like right here, right now, and I'm not gonna wait another week. Well, another week turned until July 9th. So I didn't get my Ellie Edition until July 9th. I had already beaten the game like two weeks prior. <laughs> it was insane. And so, in conclusion, in summation, I am never pre ordering anything from Best Buy again. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, some people never actually got their Ellie edition, which makes me sad. I I managed to get mine, and I was contemplating selling it for the longest, but, you know, I was told to keep it and cherish it because I had worked so hard to get it, and I'm glad that I did. But there are some people who just never got it, so they just got their refund, and that's did it. Did they get
2: their refund? Were there, like, people uh, complaining that they weren't <sighs> getting, like, their money back?
0: Um... I do not have that information at this time.
2: (laughs) That's something we should look up I, I,
0: Yeah, (laughs) I I really don't know. I mean, I was super on it, obviously, when uh, my pre-order was still waiting to get shipped. So I was constantly in the Best Buy Reddit threads. I was on Twitter. Most of the complaints seem to have been people just getting the Ellie edition mistakenly. And some people were really honest about it, and they gave their copies back. Some people just kept them, and I don't blame them. It's a three hundred dollar collector's edition, and they pretty much just got it for free. So yeah, yeah, that was the that was the controversy. I mean, Amazon was also having a lot of problems with Ellie edition shortages. I don't think Naughty Dog was really prepared for the volume of sales that they were going to get.
2: Well, the first game was Game of the Year. I would imagine that they would like at least kind of prepare, like have an idea. Oh, well, we did really, really well with this one, and like we've been prolonging the release of this one, so people are definitely going to want like a collector's yeah, like, item of like, it.
1: Don't they realize that this was a game that people were waiting for for this console generation? They're like, this is one of the games to get if you have a PS4. Like, this is why you get a PS4.
2: <laughs> That's why I got a PS4. Honestly,
0: <laughs> I didn't need yeah. one. Honestly, I I, I struggle to understand where the miscommunication happened. I'm obviously not blaming the consumer because, I mean, there were people pre-ordering it the week of and they got it. Whereas some people who've had it for months didn't get it. Um, So I think there must have been some big boom, like, mistake between... You know, the Amazon warehouses, the Best Buy warehouses, and Naughty Dog, and the amount of copies that they're. I don't know. This was also
2: like right in the middle of like the pandemic. So that could have played a part in it too. Yeah, good old COVID.
1: I think there's, I think there still is issues with like getting switches now.
0: Well, yeah, there was a switch outage for the longest.
2: (laughs) I remember that.
0: I bet people are getting. Their switches before they're getting the Ellie Edition though,
2: <laughs> probably.
0: They'll probably get it from eBay faster. So, um, speaking of the Ellie Edition, did any of you guys peruse any of the special pre-order editions? Just out of curiosity, I I,
1: I checked them out and see what they offered. But I, I'm one. Like my philosophy is, I don't do pre-orders anymore. And as much as this, I'm like, this looks really cool. The statue, the vinyl, all the cool stuff. In the back of my head, little bird was like, No, you don't need it. Don't buy it.
2: I mean, I'm poor. Shannon bought me the game. She was kind enough to, like, buy me the game. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here talking about it. <laughs> Everyone's going to think um, that they're planting
1: us. and like, they're plants. They don't really like the she's game. She's a sweetheart. Oh, we actually love the game.
2: No, she's, she's just a really good friend who understands my love for The Last of Us. They don't really like her. They're
0: just, they're just nice. All jokes aside, uh, how did you guys feel about just your personal experience, just in general, about the game? Just overall thoughts,
2: good, yes, no. I thoroughly enjoyed it. How do you feel when you think of it? I'm sad it's over. I'm sad I'm going to have to wait another seven years for the next one to come
1: out. I think this game is a masterpiece. This game is, Mm -hmm. like, for all the conversations that they have out there for is our video games art, can you classify them as art? I'm like, see Last of Us 2.
0: Wow, that's really high praise. That's actually higher praise than I could give this game. Honestly, uh, it's an amazing game. I think it's a masterpiece as well. But let's let's just fucking get into it, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, logistically speaking, the place that makes the most sense to start is the gameplay. Yes. So. Yeah. um, I don't know about you, nerds, but I started the game on hard because that's how I roll. I'm hard.
1: I'm
2: a baby. I play like Like all
1: levels of the spectrum here. I usually whenever I play games, I just do like standard mode first on a first playthrough. And then if I so choose to go back and revisit a game, that's when I start tweaking with the difficulty or like any kind of other modifiers the game may have. But the first version playthrough is completely standard for me.
0: Wow, you you really put a lot of thought into it. I used to play I used to play games like that start on normal, right? Because that's the way that the developer supposedly intended it to be played at. But uh, ever since Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I just had to start playing games on hard. So I had to give The Last of Us Part Two a chance on hard.
1: And how did you find that experience? very easy (laughs) (laughs) i'm not
0: no so i'm not saying that to be to you know hype myself up but honestly i thought the hard mode was the normal mode from Mm -hmm. the last of us one um it, it just um there's obviously difficulty in item scarcity and you know ai damage things like that really surface level things but Um, But I agree with you on that, too. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're a decent shot at any, you know, third-person action, over-the-shoulder, you know, shooter, you're going to do just fine. Um, I chose hard because I've been playing Left 4 Dead. I've been playing a lot of first-person shooters lately, and I've been getting a lot better at them. And it's translated into my third-person experiences. So, when I'm Ellie or you know whoever i'm playing as um i can shoot and aim a lot quicker than i would have before which is really helpful in this game because there are a lot of enemies
1: it helps when the gunplay of third-person shooter games um is as i mean they're never super tight as first-person shooters are because obviously that's the main hook of a first-person shooter if the gunplay and the aiming is not like tight then you're not going to have a good first-person shooter but third-person shooters, that's sort of like a benefit. If you have a good aiming system, it makes it that much more enjoyable. And I think that Last of Us 2 has its issues. It's one of the better um, aiming features in a third-person shooter. So it definitely made it a lot easier for me to try and get headshots, which is what I used to do to conserve ammo.
2: Well, I also like how you're able to improve your shooting throughout the game too. Like You have that option of like improving your aim by mm-hmm. taking vitamins. And like that helps you as well. And they carry that over from the first one, which is always
0: I think the best praise that I could give this game in regards to its gameplay is that it is a perfect evolution and combination of Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us. I think Uncharted 4 really perfected their over the shoulder shooting mechanics. They were getting somewhere with 2. They stepped it up with 3, but 4 was really tight. Yeah. And Agreed. you every time I shot a rifle or I shot, you know, my hunting pistol, it felt like something and it reminded me of Uncharted 4. I mean, granted, you don't have as much ammo as you would in Uncharted Four, but the shooting and the tightness of it and how clean it is felt almost like identical, like this perfect evolution.
1: No, I totally agree. I totally agree on that notion. You could tell that throughout the course of all the games that Naughty Dog has developed in the third-person genre, that the focus on having a good like aiming uh, mechanism. You could you could see that evolution through the Naughty Dogs with the first Last of Us and through now in Last of Us too. Um, definitely helps with getting those headshots because I, I was not one to waste ammo because I know how scared.
0: I mean, Sarah, you you're so honest um, and so sweet, and <laughs> you played on on light or very yeah. light? light, light, light. Okay, so one one step above. You got this. Um, I think if you revisited the game, you you could definitely take it on normal. Oh, yeah. But how did it feel? Like, what what motivated you to make that decision? I
2: just, like, enjoy being able to, like, go through the game without feeling like I'm being bombarded by fight sequences. Um, I really enjoy the story of The Last of Us, so I want to be able to enjoy it and not, like, have to worry, oh, well, I got to get past this point in order to see what happens. So then I guess piggybacking
0: off of that idea, uh, what do you think The Last of Us Part Two improved from the first game? Um,
2: because again, you just said I, I you really don't do really th-
0: like battles, like the big battle sequences. So when there's a lot of enemies, I'm assuming like major set pieces like that. Well, that was
2: like one thing that I've noticed too um, within like The Last of Us Two is that y- you don't have to fight everybody in this game. Right. Like you can just hide and then they'll leave and you can get past them whereas in the first one I felt like you kind of had to get past everyone in order to move on to the next sequence of the game you know what I mean like like you could hide but eventually they were going to find you like you had to keep moving
0: so the AI from the first game to the second game is drastically different I feel like the enemies both infected and human especially human, are incredibly uh, perceptive and smart. Oh. So, oh, so much so. Yeah, I feel like things that I could get away with on Normal in the first Last of Us, and I should know because I replayed it literally the day before I got the Last of Us Part II, Um, I was playing on Normal, and I was just running and gunning, especially that last sequence at St. Mary's Hospital in, um, in Utah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. In The Last of Us, um, I was just blowing through Firefly members. It was way too easy. And then um, I got to The Last of Us Part 2, and they really stepped up the AI mechanics.
1: Oh, yeah. There was moments where I was, like, crawling through, like, the brush, and I would stand perfectly still, hoping that they would just walk by and not see me. And then I'm like, how do they know? Because they would just be like, they're over there. Like, I was completely obscured. How did you see me?
2: I noticed the seraphites are a little more difficult to fight than anybody else. As far as um, like that going by, I also realized that like they'll whistle, and it's just communication between each other. It's not necessarily that they found you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like towards the end, when you're with Lev and Yara, it's it's a little bit easier to like hide when you're like in the um, basically hiding in the corn. That's what I was doing.
0: Well, speaking of the Seraphites, I mean the whole introduction of the bleed out mechanic. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean,
0: totally changed the way that I approached those human enemies, as opposed to the WLF. And for those of you who don't know, the WLF is the hottest new version of Antifa. It is the Washington
2: Liberation Front, or the Wolves. They got dogs. Fuck them dogs. (laughs) Fuck them dogs. I will say that. I had
0: no shame. It was either me or those German shepherds. And those German shepherds were so scary.
2: They were scary. They track you.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, like, like, you you can see the trail that you're leaving, which is insane. And you can just watch them, like, follow the trail up to you.
0: So I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I did not pay attention to that scent trail. What I would do is I would kill their owner and just watch the dog run over the owner and leave me alone
2: <laughs> i did not the, know you could do that
0: <laughs> yeah, Well <when>, uh, so.
1: <laughs> my wife had actually played the game before i did so she had the first run through and it made it really hard because this is one of those games where i like there are very few things that i don't like spoiled for me i normally deal with spoilers pretty well i'm like oh i don't care if you tell me what's happening on this show or this game but there are select few games and movies or shows that i'm like no don't tell me anything last of us is one of them so when she was playing i'm like no i can't see this i don't want to know happening um so when i did my playthrough she would watch me play and she, when i shot like one of the owners or one of the handles of the dogs and it starts whimpering going over to the owner she'd be like oh why'd you shoot the owner i'm like this dog was coming after me are you kidding me
0: i mean i did feel really terrible the first, I'm i i'm not a psychopath i swear like i love dogs i have two of them but i mean the first time you encounter those dogs and you get got it is so terrifying. I mean, there's a reason why people are afraid of dogs if they've been attacked by Mm -hmm. a dog in their past. I mean, German Shepherds are incredibly smart, but they're incredibly aggressive. Oh yeah. So I I knew at that moment in time, I was like, it's either me or them, and I'm going to beat this game. So it's going to have to be me. And that's kind of how I approached a lot of the gameplay uh, when I was playing as Ellie. So those first three days in Seattle as Ellie, I was just super go 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 laser focused and then you know that inevitable shift in the gameplay and the narrative when you start to play as Abby is when I really started enjoying and loving the combat
2: because it's very reminiscent of like how you fought as Joel it feels like you're playing as Joel almost.
0: You know, I never thought of it that way, but that makes a lot of you sense. You have like the because... same
2: equipment that he has, all the same weapons. Like you get the fire torch back. Like it was awesome. That was the best part of playing as Abby. Oh my God. <laughs> That's
0: genius. I literally, I that is a, that is a casuals only exclusive revelation. You guys. Wow, <laughs> That's beautiful. I love this game. I, I loved playing as abby i love her big beefy arms i love how strong she is i love the dragon's breath shotgun ammo it was my go-to love yeah, it that one was
1: good. I, I would hoard that ammo like it was my job
0: oh my god whenever i had enough supplies to craft it it was the first thing i would craft Screw, you know, health, molotovs, all of it. Fuck it. I'm using the dragon's breath ammo.
2: I love how, like, human they tried to make her, too. Like, she has fears. Like, the whole vertigo detail that they threw in there, where, like, if you look down and she starts panicking... Yeah. Like, that's me. I connect with that. And it was, like, really hard for me to connect with her, other like, as a character until, like, that happened. I was like, oh, okay. So she's, like, has normal fears. She's not, like, completely a lunatic
0: yeah just table that thought for like one more second because there's just so much we can talk about abby and that moment of her vertigo in particular but um speaking of abby's gameplay section um you there's new infected in this game and i think one of the most iconic most talked about set pieces in this entire game is what happens at ground zero of the hospital and let me tell you, I forgot I was playing The Last of Us. I, I genuinely thought I was playing Resident Evil 2.
2: Oh, yeah, that shit was scary.
1: So when I got to that section, my wife, like, she clearly wanted to tell me what was about to happen without telling me. She's like, oh, oh, you're, you're at the hospital already? Mm, get ready for something big. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening. And when I finally got to that moment, I think she thought it was going to be like this long drawn out experience, and I, because I had hoarded so much ammo, it wasn't as difficult as I think she expected it to be.
0: You're one of the fortunate ones. I think it took me like six or seven tries. Yeah. I was I was getting really frustrated. I had to start watching gameplay videos. So I, I feel like
1: I I feel like I did myself a disservice though because I it didn't take I didn't get it on the first try. It took me about like two or three, but. I had sort of like my routine down on how to tackle that uh that scene. And he went down pretty quick on that like final run because I had hoarded so much is like, oh wow, that, that you, you did that pretty easily. I'm like
2: It took me a sec- it just like took me a second to realize that I needed to keep my distance. And then like once I started doing that, it came a lot easier to like be able to take it down. But before that, you know I was having difficulty. I was texting, I was like, I can't get past this point. Yeah, so
0: um we were texting each other as we were playing the the game and it was so hard for me not to spoil that <laughs> gameplay moment for her because when it happens, it's it's for me, it felt like the one genuinely true moment of like i wasn't expecting this when i was playing the game Mm -hmm. you know it was something you you don't really see monsters like that in the last of us you know the most that we got in the 2013 release was the bloaters which do make a reappearance but they get replaced by something called shamblers fuck those things
2: and (laughs) stalkers stalkers yeah, the stalkers, man.
1: Those things were the worst. because They I, were I in the first
2: them. one, too, but they weren't nearly as, like, a, like you, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't, like, stalk you. Like, they didn't no, hunt so you down. The
0: stalkers are something that's unique to The Last of Us Part Two, And you can definitely see it um, when you look at gameplay footage because of the way the AI interacts. And I love the level of detail that Naughty Dog puts into their games because... My immediate thought when I first saw a, a stalker—I was going to say a shambler, but a stalker—was that oh, it's a clicker. You know, I was like, oh, it's just a a quicker version of a clicker. So I approached that encounter as though I were fighting a bunch of clickers, and I promptly got my ass handed to me. And there was this genius moment where I was looking through the scope of the rifle. And I, was, I had my sights on the stalker, and I saw him notice me and then immediately leave my view, and I was in sheer terror.
1: Yeah, oh, my God. That moment when I first... And the worst is, <laughs> like, I'm big on constantly using, like, the, the listen function because I like to know who's around me at all times so I can plan out, like, my movement pattern and who I'm going to stalk, like, take out. You can't the, use it. Exactly. Like, I saw him in front of me, and then I'm like, all right, let me listen to see where he goes, and then... He gets out of my field of vision and he doesn't show up. And I'm like.
2: They're super mm. quiet.
1: I'm like. You... Mm.
2: And they work as a team. Yeah. Yes. So what I ended up doing
0: was backing them into those back offices when you first encounter them. I was like, yeah, I got them all corralled in a corner. So they started flanking me. So I'm just running around all of these different office spaces getting flanked from all sides from these stalkers because they decided to work together. Better
2: to try, like, and avoid them at all costs. Like, I just, like, tried to find the exit as fast as I could. I was like, I'm not dealing with this right now.
0: Exactly. And honestly, I have to bring up this moment. um, But the hotel, when you're Mm -hmm. descending down the hotel and the stalkers pop out of the wall oh. i can't tell you how many times i like i i almost peed myself i was like oh my god <laughs> what was that and and dead dead i didn't even have a chance to even register what had come at me it wasn't until the fourth time i had died that i realized that they were stalkers
1: naughty dog you, you guys mm. everyone over at the at the studios I was like shaking my head at them because every time I'd see the like anything that looked like someone growing on the wall I'd be like just like pointing put my gun up and just looking around I'm like are you gonna come out at me are you gonna come out at me
0: that shit wrecked me so bad that when I played dead space recently I thought that necromorphs were gonna come from the walls because I thought they were stalkers (laughs) I was so traumatized by the stalkers in the hotel sequence that I was I I didn't want to see another stalker after that part of the game and that very last section where they put a, a shambler right in front of the elevator door. You know yeah. that part that I'm talking about yeah, yeah, right yeah. before yeah. you're about to get out. Yo, I just ran so freaking hard. I ran so fast. I was hoping I'd get the quick time event in time. <laughs> it's like, we're sending it, boys. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I think, nope, not doing this. Deuces.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else before we move on that y'all want to mention gameplay wise?
1: Uh, I want to just—it's a small little thing, but I appreciated it so much uh, during the gameplay elements with Ellie. Having the knife available to you at all times and not having to use shivs Yo. or anything or make that. Shivs. or ma- that was—I'm like, this is a godsend. I love this that I like I could sneak up on a um, like on the infected and just use the knife and not have to worry about breaking shivs or crafting shivs. Small little improvement that worked wonders for ellie segment
0: yeah but then you, you get spoiled and lulled into well, a sense ex- of comfort and then yep. you play as abby and that bitch has to fucking craft some shivs like, what the hell the, do they for not all the games that she it? has
1: she doesn't have a knife are you kidding me
0: abby like they have all sorts of ammo guns knives like they are so freaking prepared and they have burritos. but abby
1: has to
2: make a shiv Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but Abby
0: has to make a shiv. Abby with her huge, ginormous arms that she can't put to use to make a shiv. (laughs) Like,
2: you
1: have this giant football stadium full of equipment and gear, and you're telling me no one has a Switchblade they can give you.
0: I wanted a Switchblade so bad. When you're playing as Abby, and you're escaping with Lev and Yara for the first time.
2: Yes. uh, From
0: Seraphite Control, and you get stuck in that uh building warehouse by yourself yeah like that warehouse weird thing and yara and lev ditch you and i was like these goddamn bitches are gonna leave me here and i am fucked because i had two rounds of each ammo (laughs) throughout that whole encounter and so i i defeated the first shambler and i was like hell yeah we got this we're done boys nope They threw, like, another three infected and two shamblers at me. I was dying, bro.
2: Kia, stay right next to the car. Do not leave the car.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's such a... But when you you get it right, or when you see people get that section right, when they get the gameplay right, the game really sings. It looks beautiful. There are some combos that you can pull off in the combat alone that's insane. Things that I would have never thought to do. Mm hmm. Oh, and speaking of things that I would have never thought to do, a thing that they added was um pitting humans and infected against each other, but in a more intuitive manner. Yes. So like when you first realize that you're in the you subway can, like, and yeah.
2: Toss a bottle and like they all go to the one area where the bottle is tossed and you just let all hell break loose.
0: It's awesome. It's awesome to see other people deal with that shit while you're sneaking past. Yep. Mm I think
1: in in that subway section, in that underground uh, section, there was literally a point where I did that whole thing, throw the bottle, like, towards where the, like, the human enemies were to draw the infected over to them. And then, like, one of the infected literally ran past me as I was, like, hiding behind cover to get to one of the, like, humans that was, like, over to my left. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I hope he doesn't see me.
2: So... One thing I also really enjoyed about the game was like the new puzzle pieces they added. So like, um, like having to find a rope and throw it over something and swing over is like the new pallet on water.
0: I'm so glad you didn't say safe combos. Because halfway through the game, I just looked that shit up on IGN.com. I was like, fuck this. After the first two safes where you cleverly find the the answer, you know, how the one employee of the month is the picture of the dog. Great. Aww. Awesome. I feel fantastic. You know, I feel great. I really accomplished something. And then they just start throwing a shit ton of safes at you and you're not working as hard to find yeah. the answers. I mean, the, the codes are literally in the the notes half the time
1: yeah it's like right. one of the notes was like oh the the code is our special date and then like you turn the paper over and it's like oh here's our anniversary or you look at the calendar yeah. it's like circled anniversary I'm like oh that's probably the safe code
0: who's gonna do that shit in the apocalypse like oh i'm about to die but let me remember to write my anniversary
1: <laughs> yeah like if yeah. the world was going to if like the world were like to descend in chaos right now i'd be like let me live a very cryptic clue as to where to leave this code for this no i'd be like here's the code and just leave it by the safe
0: also think about what a dick move that is to their friends (laughs) they're like hey i have a shit ton of resources that i've stockpiled and i'm not gonna make it i want you to have it but first
1: (laughs) but first you must solve
0: you have (laughs) to solve my riddle (laughs) you must solve
1: my riddles three (laughs) man
0: i'd be so pissed i'd be like ben what the fuck
1: I'd be like, you gotta go and do that. Yeah, exactly. I knew why I didn't like this guy when he was alive.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking asshole. Just leaving all the codes on all of his shit. Just his
2: his desk drawer at work. Code. It's the next door neighbor's uh, house number. It's like, oh, well, everybody can see that and just take whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wish they had been a little bit more clever with those puzzles, especially after playing uncharted lost legacy i know Mm -hmm. that naughty dog has it in them to do some really clever and fun um puzzles you know things to tickle your brain and uh i think the last of us still struggles to do that even after the second game that's just me personally though
2: the guitar is cool though like using your controller as a guitar Oh Instruming. shit! I
0: forgot about that. Did you guys get the song? You know the really special moment between Ellie and Dina.
2: Take Where she on plays, Aha.
0: Yes. <laughs> I started doing like the just dance moves <laughs> while Ellie was playing. You know.
1: So I may or may not have tried to look up chords for Foo Fighters' Everlong to try and play on the guitar, and by that I mean I totally did. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> no shame. Honestly, I would just I would just fucking strum and fuck around. I was just like, how funny is it in my stupid small pea brain that Ellie in a cutscene I am forced to be a marvelous guitar player. But when I'm just fucking around in the game, la di da boom 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 like all the fucking chords. I was having a great time.
2: That was a lot of fun. It's it's like a very um like up not uplifting, but like a happy sequence in a very dark game. Is that yeah. like you can yeah. still play music and still like enjoy yourself. There's kids playing video games and like
0: Yeah, there are, there are definitely moments of of levity yes. in The Last of Us Part Two that sometimes um you feel like it's lacking. Um, but they are there. It does exist. It's not like The Last of Us Part One where those really intense Sad moments like, you know, when Henry and Sam die, you know, that's a really fucking sad moment. Um, But the banter leading up to that moment between Ellie and, you know, Sam or, you know, those moments between Joel and Ellie afterwards, after the fact, they kind of bring a sense of humanity and they kind of set you back to neutral after this amped up you know, emotional experience whereas The Last of Us Part 2 is just go, go, go I mean I just felt like I couldn't catch a break well I think at this point we're ready to segue into the, the meatier part of the conversation which is the story. Um, before we do that um, I do want to take a quick break and, uh, and reset and then come back and keep talking welcome back Uh, we're back from our little break and we are ready to talk about the story are we not you guys
1: oh yeah I'm I'm ready Ready. let's do this
0: all right hell yeah but before that uh, we're gonna talk about the (laughs) pre-release drama so for those of you who may or may not know Naughty Dog Uh, suffered at the hands of a disgruntled ex-employee who then decided to leak a lot of the late game footage. So, key assets, um, major, major Mm -hmm. cutscene moments. Um, Basically, the very, I mean, we're talking story, so spoiler times. I mean, I got spoiled about Joel dying. 100%. I was super upset about that. I'm not going to lie. And then um, also at the very end, um, there's the whole cutscene between Abby and Lev showing up in Santa Barbara. Mm.
1: So I was lucky enough in that I avoided a lot of that, which is hard to do this day and age because once that spoiled stuff was leaked, you know, it was pretty much like on every outlet that covered it's like. Major spoilers ahead, click here to see. And, like, if you're looking at video game news or if you're on Reddit, it's kind of hard to avoid all that. So I was like trying to avoid any kind of internet outlet until I was able to play the game.
2: That's what I did too. I was just like trying to avoid anything, any type of article, any type of picture, any type of tweet, just like trying to hide from it, basically.
1: Yeah.
0: I wish I had done that, but I was. It was i was doing the same thing i thought i was being so proactive i was doing so well and those leaks dropped in i want to say april and i cried Mm. i really did i texted my friends just like this really fucking happened to me and i'm gonna be really pissed if the leaks are true because you know you you hold out hope in your heart that maybe that's not that's like some really early like beta footage stuff but no, those were pretty much final cutscenes um and that was devastating. I'm not gonna lie, so you guys are lucky. um there are a lot of people who are spoiled, but I think as a result of the spoilers that led to the review bombing of the game, Berto, I don't know if you wanna take a lead on this you know topic, but yeah,
1: so i I mean when the leaks came out definitely because a lot the game was what it was out for maybe like a week or less than that or not even out and it already had a metacritic score that like placed it way way in the bottom of where it should be uh for the game that it is so clearly the the leaks disgruntled a couple of of the fans out there to review bomb it but i think there was a whole there was a lot of other aspects to the game that led to the review bombing um that really pissed me off i hate i hate The fact that, well, Metacritic is a thing because things like this happen with the review bombing, Um, but just the act of review bombing itself, it doesn't, like, what does it do? Do you feel, like, do do fans feel satisfaction saying, yes, a game that I disagree with is now trending at, like, 30% approval. I feel justified and I feel alive now. It's the dumbest thing in the world.
0: I mean, it's dumb and it's unfortunate. I don't think that The Last of Us really deserved it as a game. I mean, really for the developers and the people who really worked hard on the game to push it out, despite, you know, COVID happening, the leaks, you know, the team really put their heart and soul into it. But around the same time, um, a lot of sexual harassment and assault allegations in the gaming community and especially Naughty Dog studios or company or whatever they had been getting um a lot of people coming forward about mistreatment in the workplace and i think that also led to the uh angry you know white knight justice response don't buy this devil game you're you're supporting neil Druckmann, and he is a terrible person so i
2: don't know i think a lot of people had a problem with like lgbtq being represented in the game because that was like most of the complaints I read and it, it just it's beyond me that like you are going to get upset over a fictional character for being queer or transgender and you're gonna keep yourself from playing a game because a character in a game is a part of that culture and a part of that group
0: I guess what's really crazy to me is that there are so many different reasons that this game was review bombed and I don't think any of them are, um, valid, you know, no, well not valid, but I don't think any of them are new, you know, to the, uh, gaming community. We've heard about sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace for years since Gamergate, since before that. Mm -hmm. Um, lgbtq representation i mean ellie when she came out as gay and um left behind there are a lot of people unhappy about that and some people who were so that's not new i mean not, and, and dog violence or over overly violent are you kidding me have y'all played god of war <laughs> One of the most violent, misogynistic game series of all time. Like, have you
1: played uh, Resident Evil 2, where you kill infected dogs? Does that make them any less? Like they're still dogs. Is it? L- <laughs> it's like were they low poly dogs?
0: Where's all the hate for Ghost of Tsushima? Because you kill a lot of Mongolian dogs in Ghost of Tsushima, but no one, no one talks about it. The game isn't incredibly praised and some people are saying it's a million times better than the last of us part two that um playstation has ended on a high note by ending with ghost of tsushima instead of the last of us and i just i it's the hypocrisy and the review bombing that's pretty annoying because there are a lot of things about this game that you can fault and and very valid criticisms Mm -hmm. but i think the ones that were uh, focused on and targeted like the dogs and the violence and you know naughty dogs terrible people um, a lot of those aren't new to the gaming community and that's kind of sad because I felt um, not I, I felt like um, I wasn't as impacted by it I just couldn't understand yeah. but Honestly, you know it just
1: made me sad um, I when the game shifted from Ellie's story to Abby's story uh, and, like, knowing everything you knew about Abby up until that point and then making you play as Abby, I'm not going to lie, I was a little disgruntled because I was like, you can't make me play as Abby after what you did to Ellie. Like, I had that reaction, but I wasn't certainly going to go online and be like, fuck this game. This game is terrible. raw, and, like, start sending death threats to, like, Laura Bailey, which was a thing that happened because, yeah, you
2: know,
1: Laura it's Bailey insane. is, like, one of the coolest people ever she is an amazing voice actress and the fact that she was getting death threats because it's like oh i hate abby and you are abby so screw you rah like really guys really and again this is not something new in the video game like space you have these toxic fans that are out there and it's just more of the same and it's terrible that that's the case
2: it's sad that people can't just like disconnect a character from like a voice actor like they have to go after an actual human being who can get hurt if, like, you were to attack her or send death threats.
0: Well, what's fascinating to me about all of the hatred for Abby is that um, Abby is a lot like Joel mm-hmm. in their story, in what grounds them as humans, what helps them rediscover their humanity is the companionship of, of mm-hmm. a child, of innocence, of someone who doesn't understand... Really, how truly awful humans can be to one another, despite their own awful experiences. You know, um, Joel has a reason to live through Ellie, and Abby has a reason to look for the fireflies for for Lev. And I think that the hatred for Abby is one of the best examples of you know this gamer uh, doublethink, this uh, hypocrisy because let let's talk about Abby. I mean, she is a main part in this story. You are first introduced to her in the very first chapter in the ve- in the prologue. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How did you guys feel about playing this random blonde person? I honestly thought it was a dude. So, I mean, I mean no disrespect to the to the actress who mo-capped the suit. I legitimately thought Abby was a dude with a really long haircut until she opened her mouth and I was like, all right, tight. I can get with it. It's the apocalypse. You don't have to look like <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Like,
1: no, especially in the apocalypse. Like, no, you want to make sure that you can handle whatever shit's coming your way.
0: Those arms, man.
2: That's that's what what did me in. I kind of feel like they set you up to dislike Abby by, um, you know, making it seem like you're going there for sanctuary and then you're actually going there to kill Joel.
0: Well, let's talk about it <laughs> okay. because you play as Abby, right? Yeah. You, you get introduced to this character. You kind of, you, what I love about Naughty Dog is their attention to detail because in those very first five moments where you play as her, you can already tell that she's afraid of heights. Owen, oh, that was a really loud crack of, of thunder. Shit. Well, as I was saying, you can really tell that um, Abby's afraid because Owen tells her not oh, to yeah, look yeah. down. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I that didn't connect with me until I reached her vertigo section in the game. But I digress. Basically, you play as Abby and then you run into Tommy hey, and Joel. And Joel is looking like a snack. Tommy's looking like a snack. And Abby is pissed off. <laughs> so, I mean, you're already, I was spoiled. So I knew what was coming. But for those of you who weren't spoiled, how did, please walk me through up till that very important seminal moment
1: so i was i did not know what was coming i was completely caught off guard and then when you run into tommy and joel and they're like helping abby and then going back to um to the lodge that she's staying at and everything goes down i was like you bitch how could you he saved your life and then I, it, I was completely caught by surprise. And I'm sure that's the reaction that Naughty Dog wanted out of the fans to have that moment. It's like, oh, not Joel. I was, mm, it got me. That's like the moment where I was like, I can't, mm, I was not behind Abby at all. And that's what did me into the point where when I played as Abby, I was like, I, I don't want to play as Abby, but I'm playing the game right now. Like to have that kind of reaction out of a video game character and to elicit that kind of emotion. Good on you, naughty dog, good on you with the storytelling and the character development like I cannot sing enough of naughty dog's praises for because I'm like that <laughs> like that's the kind of reaction that like we want you to start off hating Abby, and then when you play at her, you start sympathizing with her as you learn more of her story so that was that was my reaction when I got to that moment
2: which which brings me to say um That's why I feel like it's not really like a vengeful story. It's more of just kind of like looking for redemption in a sense. Like looking to like redeem her father and all his work and like eventually (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm like
0: looking at my window telling the thunder gods to chill the fuck out. We're talking about games here. This is
2: important. This is important. (laughs) But um, continue, Sarah. Yeah. So it, that, that's when you realize that, like, um, once you get to play as Abby Moore's, like, it wasn't exactly revenge because revenge, I feel, would also be killing Ellie and killing Tommy. And she was able to refrain from that happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get and understand where y'all are coming from.
2: Granted, we wouldn't have a story if she did kill Ellie and everybody, but... I think
0: um, I think even having known the the spoiler, the leak, um, I thought it was incredibly well played out, and I thought it was a great moment. I think I'm in the minority when it comes to... I mean, I, I didn't hate Abby um, when I played her and when that moment happened, and I think it's because... Um, I don't hold Joel up on a pedestal. I mean, Joel is daddy. Don't get me wrong. Joel is daddy from Texas. But um, he's an incredibly flawed and terrible human being. He does some really brutal stuff. And it's reflected in Ellie and how she reacts in certain situations. Because she didn't take the best qualities of Joel. She took the worst qualities of him. And that's something, obviously, that comes full circle at the end. But when Joel dies, I mean, you see it in his face. The moment of realization that he's like, yeah, I did some shit to deserve this. He didn't even have to know who the fuck Abby's dad was. He just knew, I probably killed somebody that you cared about.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: is my comeuppance.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like My reaction to being upset at having to play as Abby when, I, when the game first switched to that Had nothing to do with the fact that I'm like, Joel is like the epitome of the person that I want to be. Like, I know Joel is a messed up person and he's done messed up things to survive in this environment. Because unfortunately, when the world goes to shit, you have to do some messed up things. Things you might not be proud about to survive. So I know that Joel is a completely flawed individual. For me, it was more that you've had this entire game where you're playing as Joel, protecting Ellie. Because Ellie Ellie is his surrogate daughter. Um, throughout he sees her as such throughout that first game so you build that attachment to them as characters that when Joel gets taken away and you see the anguish in Ellie's eyes having to see that it like I got like it hurt me
2: oh yeah um, I would agree with that as well like it it, it's hard you also find out that like they weren't having a good relationship for a while. And it, it hurts even more to be like, oh, well, they were just trying to fix things after like, apparently what looked like for like a year or so of not talking to one another or not like really getting along. And they come to terms with that. And it immediately happens afterwards. And it's just very heart wrenching to watch. Oh,
0: well, I think, um, well, first of all, I just want to say that Joel and Tommy are big fucking idiots for even trusting Abby like that. I mean, who mm-hmm. the hell was that? I mean, I guess you could say that Joel was lulled into a sense of comfort and familiarity having, you know, Jackson, you know, but uh, stupid, stupid. They they don't get GGs for that. But uh, that's a perfect uh, way to segue into the flashbacks that happen a lot through the game. And I think that the flashbacks have some of the best story moments. And, um, and also, um, okay. I'll I'll let you guys talk about, you know, some of your favorite flashbacks, but one thing that I really liked was the parallels between, um, Abby's flashbacks and, you know, some of Ellie's flashbacks and events that occurred in the first last of us.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I would agree. Um, you know, you, you go back to the hospital a few times and, like, you also have um, Abby who dreams of the hospital and she has, like, night terrors of being back in the hospital. And then there's, like, a moment where it's, like, a sigh of relief and she's back in the hospital and her dad's just standing there. And that kind of happens when she, like, goes back for Lev and, like, takes care of him.
1: I want to just go out on record and say i kind of called it when they first introduced abby and she had that vendetta against shoal this is one of the things that kind of upset me personally um when i'm like oh god tell me her dad is like the doctor that gets shot who doesn't get like any kind of really screen time in the first one beyond being the doctor who is going to do the operation I'm like if that's who it turns out to be her dad and they're trying to retcon it to be like actually give him a personality I'm going to be so upset that her parents, not someone like Marlene or someone who had more of like a presence in the first one. And I could look at my wife when I made that comment, she was like, <sighs> like she like <laughs> slammed up. Like, like she's like, I am not going to say anything, but you totally hit it on the head. That, that did upset me a little bit. Um, and that was just like me personally. Cause I am like, if I felt like it should have been someone who had a more impactful presence in the first game, that way it would give, this moment like an earned moment it would have felt a little bit more earned. like david uh, but at the si- i something like that but at the same time i'm like well like you killed someone's father there shouldn't you i guess on the other for the flip side was like you shouldn't need to have more like oh i knew who this character was previously so she's justified in wanting her revenge like it could have been any character really but that just was a little personal nitpick of mine mm.
0: well i agree in that um I I was kind of annoyed about the retcon choice because the very first time I played through The Last of Us, I didn't shoot the doctor. And I mm-hmm. liked that the game left you that choice. Yeah. You know, it's one of the few moments where you actually do have choice in the story. Mm-hmm. Um but I I I think if it wasn't Abby, it, it it had to it had to be Abby. I'm sorry that the retcon happened, but I mm-hmm. think it just plays into I mean like you said it could have been anybody but it wasn't it was abby Mm. there was this tie to it it could have been anybody and anybody would have gone for joel and killed him they probably wouldn't have been as successful and i think that's why that's important it had to be a firefly descendant and it had to be a firefly descendant of importance we all know that marlene doesn't have any relatives or kids or whatever Mm. i mean she was rolling by herself she was a bad bitch solo yeah But, I mean, if you had made it, you know, Marlene's brother, I think that would have been more reductive than, you know, having it be the doctor's daughter.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, no, totally. Like, removing myself from that situation, I know that that was the right call to make for the story, especially because it has more of an impact. And you're like, this doctor could have done something to possibly come up with a cure and he was gunned down because Joel didn't want his surrogate daughter to go through that and, pos- and and have to die like as a sacrifice. So it has that impact for the overall story. And then it obviously lends itself to the story in the second one because it's like, oh, he had a daughter who now is out for revenge to get the guy who killed her father. Um, that was just a personal nitpick that I'm like, oh, God, if it's going to be something like that, I'm going to be upset. I
0: think it's even more relevant, um, that choice. Um, When you start to realize who Abby's crew is, I mean, it is everybody else and everybody else does follow Abby, but they don't follow her with the fervor and the hatred and the emotion that propels her when she first searches for Joel. I mean, everybody else is heated. Don't get me wrong. But her heat, her anger is also propelled by the fact or, you know, enhanced by the fact that she knew that her father had found the cure she knew that Mm. her father had made this difficult choice to sacrifice a child for the better of humanity she knew that her father was giving up a lot of things to to get this done and that they and that she had given up a lot and um she she probably gave up a lot more than owen did or mel yeah um i mean they do follow her and they do get their comeuppance but they're all done you know, um I think Abby, when she gives that final blow, she wasn't done in that moment, even though she may have been done months down the line. Everybody else had their peace except for her, yeah, I think that's why she was pretty important,
1: oh, yeah, no, once I've removed my personal feelings from that moment, I was like it it couldn't have been any other way but this,
0: well, I mean since we talked about dads you know we uh we definitely have to talk about this false semblance of choice um I have it written down in the notes we're talking about it and we had touched on it very lightly when we mentioned how that last moment in the first last of us essentially got retconned so instead of either shooting or not shooting the doctor, it is canon, hardline fact that Joel did shoot the doctor. So how does that make you feel um, as you progress the story and you get to moments like when Ellie, in her three-day revenge quest, um, gets really fucking brutal with people, and there's a quick-time event where you have to press the button?
2: Oh, yeah, you can't just, like, ignore it
0: um it it was brutal (laughs) i mean like like, fuck let's be honest you guys fuck nora fuck all those dudes i hit square so fucking fast i was like y'all are gonna get your comeuppance i'm ellie i'm making this choice la-di-da-di-da like I've heard so many podcasts of people saying that I felt bad about killing people. Bitch, this is the last of us. This is what you signed up for. There's a gore accessibility option. They want you to get violent. So I was more than happy to beat her ass. I didn't even realize that there were streamers or players who would sit there for, like, five minutes to see what would happen. Like, you had to press the button. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean considering the path that ellie was on and how single-minded she was in her quest for revenge it makes sense that like she wouldn't have hesitated for half a second to do what you had to do what she did um but at the same time i'm like i could also understand why people are like hesitant to be like isn't there another way to do this it's like no, no no this is the only way and like naughty dog wants you to realize like the path that ellie's on this is the only way she sees that's why there's no way out of that I think it's 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 brilliant, but at the same time I could I could see why people were hesitant.
0: Yeah. Do you think the controversy wouldn't be as um, immense if Naughty Dog didn't include those Quick Time events, that it was just um, a sequence that was played out in a QuickTime event or or not a quick time event, but rather a cutscene?
1: I think so. I think if Naughty Dog had done a situation where they removed the player choice where it's not really choice. It's kind of like we're giving you the illusion of choice, but it's really like you have to press the button. Had it happened in a cutscene, I think people would have been upset by the brutality. um, But they would have been like, at least it wasn't me pressing the button.
2: Sarah? Um, Yeah, no, I agree. I was also thinking of like how... You, you remember the scene where you're like with the seraphites and they're hanging people and they kind of like make it like the last person is struggling and you could help them out and you you can't even do that even
0: yo i can't seem to place where that section happened is it the first time that you encounter the seraphites as ellie in the park it's
2: yeah you're in You're in the park, but it's not at the beginning of it you're They're hanging people, and this is like the first time you see them hanging people and there's a person and he like struggles as he's being hung.
0: yeah, I didn't pick up on that. I'm not gonna lie,
2: yeah, they make it look like you can like save him. You can't save him well, it's just moments like that
0: just sprinkled throughout the game where you know you we all have this expectation in our minds of what we expected Ellie to grow up as. Yeah. Which I think is the trap that a lot of, you know, review bombers or, you know, people who hate on this game kind of fell into. Mm-hmm. We all have our own idealized version of Ellie and especially Ellie and Joel's relationship. So when you're playing through the game, I mean I know people who didn't kill a single dog, who didn't kill a single person, yet Ellie is committing these brutal acts of violence and cutscenes. You know, it's like this weird um, cognitive dissonance between the player mm-hmm. and the experience that Naughty Dog's trying to tell. And I think it's very apparent that Naughty Dog has a, a cinematic um, movie quality like story to tell, mm-hmm. and they just want to give players the illusion of choice. Um is the Does the gameplay support that? Does it lend, you know, to help enhance that idea? I don't think so. Because you get those weird situations where Ellie is incredibly violent one moment and then as you're playing as her, you know, she's super nice and sweet because that's how you wanted Ellie to turn out. But at its core, Naughty Dog wanted to tell a hard-ass, kick-ass story about mm-hmm. revenge and subsequently the the forgiveness and the acceptance that comes through that cycle. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Do you think that if Ellie had not found out or if she hadn't discovered what Joel did at the hospital, that that would have altered her path and maybe she would have turned out to be like the happy-go-lucky Ellie that everyone sees her as? Because I think that was sort of like the turning point where when she finds out what Joel did, that that kind of changes her demeanor and makes her into like who she is in The Last of Us 2 that does these sort of atrocious acts.
0: Well, yeah, for me, that's the moment that Ellie grows the fuck up, that she knows that, you know, her dad figure, this guy that she had trusted, you know, for a majority of her life at this point had lied to her, something that she mm-hmm. knew deep down in her heart, but it's that loss of innocence and in this, mm-hmm. this, she gains this knowledge and, and new perspective on the world around her that, you know, even the people we love can do incredibly horrible things and they can justify them. And I think that moment she grows up and she has to go, she ha- She becomes Joel in that moment because she yeah. understands. Yeah. I mean, she's angry about it, but she ultimately understands what he did and why he did it, even though it took her a while to forgive him for that.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think that's when, when they show that moment in that, it like clicked for her it made it easier not easier but it made her find justification in sort of the violent acts that she has to do sometimes to survive and i think that's the problem with people wanting to understand like they see ellie as the little girl that you kind of ferry across the country from the last of us one and then in the last of us two you still have sort of that image of her and you're like, oh, she grew up to be this well-adjusted member of society over in Jackson. It's like, no, 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 no. She had to do some shit to survive. And then, like, her innocence was broken when she realized that Joel did some heinous shit to survive and also to have her survive. And that is like, this is the world we live in. This is what we have to do.
0: And I I have to pose this question to the both of you because this comes up so much in Last of Us 2 discussions. But um, – do you feel like either Ellie or Abby was more justified in their revenge? Do you think some do you think one of them had a more complete um you know story of revenge and redemption? Do you think Abby was more justified or Ellie, you know?
2: I, I think There's it's no hard, wrong answer. Yeah, no, I think it's <laughs> hard to gauge whether or not who who is more justified for um what heinous acts that they created but um you know this this all comes down to just like feeling agony and like having these adults make these children make uh you know take their decisions away from them like Mm -hmm. um Abby's dad even was like talking to her and she like had to reassure him and be like I'd let you kill me if like I were the cure and it's like a crazy thing that, like, listen to your child say and be like, "Oh, okay, well, I then I feel better about what I'm doing."
0: They're all like Carl from The Walking Dead. They yeah. They all just have to grow up super fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's life. Kick rocks, <laughs> like you know,
1: shit sucks. Eat, eat, eat can eat pudding out of a giant can. <laughs> um, I, I don't know who is more justified. I don't think. Either one of them is more or less justified than the other. They obviously in their own head, it's like what I'm doing is the right thing to do because I have to avenge my father or my father figure. Um, We know Ellie's story. We know like her relationship with Joel. Uh, We know all the stuff they did. What I what we don't know is what kind of things Abby's father had to do in his quest for the cure as a doctor. Has he has there been other kids that have come in that they've tried this with? does that make her seem more justified? Because we don't know if her father did any heinous acts. I don't know. But as a member of the Fireflies, you could surmise that maybe they did some stuff also. So I don't think any one of them is more or less justified. It's it's If you leave it up to the player, it's like, well, they have their reasons. That's the best I could say.
0: Well, do you feel like both characters had a complete um, revenge redemption story?
2: I think Ellie more so than Abby. Interesting. Just because because of that last scene where she's able to forgive Abby, whereas Abby was not able to forgive Joel.
1: (laughs) Both of y'all feel this way? That abby had a more complete
0: no that ellie had the more complete um oh no no i mean no i mean okay i was like i was about to say no no i I
1: think no i think abby definitely had the more complete because even at the end she was like like let just let me go like whatever like whatever happened between us it's in the past like i need to take care of this kid let me and and ellie was like no we need to finish this now like she was still like very single-minded even though after everything went down she was like she had settled down she was helping take care of the little potato. Like, she had a good life, albeit she had her moments of PCSD where, like, things would get back at her, but more or less, her life was, was pretty good living with Dina. Uh, and, like, Tommy comes around, and that just, like, fired her right back up. That was, like, the spark that she needed. She's like, no, I have to finish this. So she still was harboring all that and still, like, felt the need to, like, no, I have to see this through to the end, even though, like, my life is pretty good right now.
0: And... Yeah, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. I was just genuinely curious um, because I've, I've heard both sides. But um, I think this is also a moment that led to a lot of controversy, right? Because both of them have very similar story arcs. I mean, they're parallel stories, but they mm-hmm. intersect at some of the most awkward moments. Um, and that's one of my biggest gripes about this game is that the story could have been paced better. It is a 30-plus-hour game. I mean, it took me 36 hours to complete the game. And the story, if it had just been rearranged in parts, would have flowed better, and it wouldn't have felt like it was dragging. So, I, I, it's just that I think, in my opinion, Abby has the most complete um, revenge redemption cycle i mean she goes through it which is the whole first half and then you're beginning ellie's so abby's already forward in her story whereas ellie is just starting her revenge tale right so Mm -hmm. ellie's already at a delay abby then you know kills joel has her moment of peace with her friends and then ellie starts abby's Revenge cycle again. So Abby gets two revenge cycles. Ellie's still on the one. Abby gets two. Because she she even tells Ellie. I let you live.
1: Yeah.
0: I let you live you fucking bitch. And you wasted it. And, and And she goes through that revenge story again. But her second one is very quick. And the reason why is Lev. And Lev brings Abby back the way that Ellie would bring Joel back. And so at that point, after Abby's second revenge redemption, she starts her path as Joel, as Abby Joel. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And so and so her story's complete. That's why when I got to Santa Barbara, I was like, okay, this is over. The game's done. And then it's like, nope, fuck you. Ellie's not done. We're not done. And speaking of Ellie, I mean obviously Ellie has PTSD from her experience, and there's a lot of things that Naughty Dog is trying to tackle in in their game. A lot of representation, right? There's mental health awareness through the PTSD. There is LGBTQ representation in which Lev was also played by a trans actor,
1: which I thought I that, that was incredible. Was very, yeah, when I, I and I read that after the fact. I had known uh, previously and when I read that, I'm like, yeah like me too i'm like good on you
2: sarah um repeat the question i'm sorry no i'm i'm, I'm just saying um
0: <laughs> naughty dog's been going through um a lot of uh representation right They're oh yeah, yeah representing yeah, yeah. You definitely PTSD. Have, like, people of
2: color in there and you have um just a lot of human interaction from a game i feel you
0: know do you feel like it was handled well by naughty dog the stories that they were attempting to tell
2: yes um they they explained lev's story a little I can't really say for Lev because I'm not a transgendered person. I don't want to be like, oh, they, yeah. they could have done better with Lev's story. But I do feel like they mm-hmm. could have done better with Lev's story. They're kind of painting this idea that, like, you know, this straight woman in the apocalypse is like so willing to take this child in while his mother is like willing to kill him if he comes out as a boy. And it, it kind of is like. Um, Looking into religion, even with like the problem of transgendered people,
0: and also the Seraphites, which are this kooky religious cult. Oh, mm-hmm. speaking of which, the Seraphites, the new the new factions in this game, the WLF, the Seraphites, the Rattlers, even the Fireflies coming back for like 0.2 seconds. I mean, each of each of these groups are so well fleshed out. I mean, one of my favorite parts about this game was the beef. Between the WLF and the fucking Seraphites.
2: Mm -hmm. That whole section where you're just running between a war is intense.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, that was the moment in the game. I mean, there's plenty of moments, but that it's so memorable when you're on horseback with Abby and Lev just running through this Mm -hmm. burning antique like village it's it's apocalyptic in its own right but it's it's a complete it's it's a direct comparison of joel and his daughter leaving in the beginning of the last of us and then this apocalyptic nature you're there from the start to the fucking middle of it and then you have lev and abby going through the same thing the fucking apocalypse in their own little world and and how how do you get out of that
1: that was that was a nuts comparison. I like when you yeah. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> well, you blew I'm my like... mind. I was like,
2: whoa.
0: <laughs> it's just it's uh, the comparisons in and, and that's why I loved Abby so much. I, I was pretty fucking pissed off when I started to play as her because I was confused. I, I didn't understand because you'd already played through three long days as Ellie and you're about to get there and then They fucking bring in Abby, they bring in Lev, they fuck up Tommy, they kill Jesse, which I am not tight with. Jesse was so cool.
1: He was so sweet. I'm like, did he really need to, did did you really need to do that, Naughty Dog? Come on.
0: Hashtag justice for Jesse. (laughs) Fuck you, Naughty Dog. That was (laughs) fucked up. I was literally so upset. But here you are playing through this whole section as Ellie, and then you start as Abby. And I'm not gonna lie, I was pissed. But her gameplay was super fun, super addicting, those big beefy arms. And also her, her story <laughs> in the – as it starts to unravel, as you start to realize that she has come to accept that she's got her, gotten her revenge. She's at peace with her friends and her family. And then it's all taken away from her in an instant. And then she starts this Joel-like journey. It's hard not to to care about Abby and Lev, especially when Lev is coaching Abby through, you know, the super high section, the sky bridge.
2: Yeah.
1: Not going to lie, when I, when I did get to that section, I, I also have a, a small fear of heights. And Lev is just like running through. He's like, yeah, I used to do this all the time. And he's like, he might as well have been like flipping through every section. And Abby's just like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs>
2: I would be dead in seconds, just, like, tr- even just trying to get up there, I'd be dead. But, yeah, you uh, had mentioned that you had
0: felt the vertigo as well.
2: Yeah, no, that I, it, that's when Abby really became, like, a a character, and, like, you know, that was, like, when I connected with her, I was like, oh, okay. like Yeah,
0: I... I mean, I agree with you 100%, and I think a lot of uh, players would agree with you as well. that's the moment that um, Abby truly feels human, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you feel like she's not this super badass. She's essentially a spec ops soldier for the WLF. I mean, she just runs missions to get out, you know, with her friends. Yeah. And um, here she is, very vulnerable um, and she could die (laughs) you know it's a very human moment and it's a fear that i think a lot of people can relate to yeah
1: oh yeah like do not try and get me in one of those sky bridges i'd be like nope i'll take my chance on the ground let's fight those (laughs) let's fight those infected i am not going up there
0: yo i mean that sky section was scary but what was even worse for me was the the hotel the descent down I was like, yeah. "Fuck
1: this!" <laughs> oh the moment afterwards, where Lev's like, "Oh, you see that like scaffolding thing, right? Like the window washer." out, like, we yeah.
0: Dude, I was so pissed.
1: <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, great, thanks." If I would have like survived the, you know, incredibly high up sky bridge.
0: Well, The, the sky bridge is definitely one of those memorable <laughs> moments. I mean, you get a lot of world building and lore yep. established just from walking. Um, on that sky network, on that bridge network. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you learn about Lev. I mean, unfortunately, you hear Lev's dead name, which was yeah. also pretty controversial. Um, but you also learn a lot about the Seraphites. That's what and... I was going
2: to say. You learn about, like, their culture yeah. and, like, who they are as people.
0: Weird fucks is what they are.
2: For real. Did you read the letters that they were leaving everywhere? Like, they were tying would, up letters? Yeah.
0: I would read, yeah, I read the ones that were on the truck, Mm-hmm. that you know that one truck that you you run into in like a uh, Koreatown yeah in the Seattle Koreatown um I read all of those notes and those were pretty funny but what was interesting to me were the little um the little wood carvings the little miniature the little figures figurines. that they made yeah. of their little uh deity of their prophet so to speak I also didn't notice until that section of the game that all the seraphites had scars on their faces
2: That's a part of, like, um, their coming of age, almost, is, like, you you gain a scar, and that, like, makes you a Seraphite.
0: I think so. I mean, I know that there's a lot of uh, letters and notes that that mention that. And also, you know, learning about what Lev did to get um, himself and Yara, you know, exiled from the cult. I also just really loved... The, the war between the WLF and the Seraphites. I mean, I'm pretty upset that Isaac just came and went like that because I think WLF versus Seraphites could be its own game, its own story. I was so about that.
1: Maybe, maybe DLC in the future?
0: Yeah, maybe DLC. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll see.
1: Yeah, Kind of like they had the, uh, the uh, left-behind story that you have like the story of the war between the WLF and the Seraphites.
0: Yeah, that would be dope. Well, I mean, before we before we stop talking about the story here, I mean, there's definitely a few things that we should wrap up, but um, mm-hmm. I definitely want us to rank the new characters. So off the top of our head, we know that there's Jesse, mm-hmm. right? There's Jesse. There's all of Abby's friends. They all suck.
2: Fuck Mel. Spoiler alert. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're all terrible. Uh, there's yeah. Lev. There's Yara. There's Abby. I mean, there's Dina. Dina, Dina's the most forgettable for me. I'm not going to lie to y'all. <laughs> I've forgotten about her so many times throughout this podcast. I swear. I feel so bad.
2: No worries. Um, Mel would definitely be the worst. I hate Mel. Um, Agreed. Then I would say probably Isaac. I wasn't... Not Isaac. Who who's uh the one that was dating Abby? Owen. Owen. I did not like Owen. And then Isaac. Isaac would follow after that. I know I know who Isaac is now. Um
0: people shit on Owen all the time. I I want you to explain that to me because I really didn't think Owen was that bad.
2: Owen's just like trying to get Abby and Mel to become sister wives, I feel. Like he's just trying (laughs) to create like a whole family. Yo, he he's starting a- his own cult. Yeah, he's like, he come with us. And ho. she's like, Well, I'm not going if she's going. And Abby's like, Well, I'm not going if she's going. He's like, No, we can be a family. Let's just all go and find the fireflies together. It's just very culty. But um I liked Manny. Manny is funny. Manny oh, is cool. Yeah. I like the dogs. I like, I like Alice. Um R. I. P. Alice. R. I. P. Alice. That was um, fucked up. It was. I like Lev. I like Yara. Jesse is okay. Jesse is cool. Whoa, Jesse helps out a whoa, lot.
0: Whoa, 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 Jesse is not just okay. Jesse <laughs> is God tier level Jesse <laughs> of The Last he, he of Us characters. should have protected at
1: all costs.
0: Jesse did not deserve what he got. Bullshit
2: oh no i'm not saying he deserves what he got no No, i will die on this hill jesse is
0: not okay (laughs) jesse should have been
1: one of those characters who lived to a ripe old age and died of natural causes
0: (laughs) yeah instead he's survived by his son who was raised by his fucking you know what that whole thing was weird too Oh, I know you want to shit like... on the sister wives, but that threesome between Ellie <laughs> and Chisel. Jesse and Dina, I felt so bad for Jesse. That shit was so awkward. I know he was really cool and letting it, you know, yeah, like that's roll off a, his more, back.
1: More cool points for him where he was like, no, I'm cool with it. Like we broke up and you and Dina have your thing. I'm totally fine with it. It doesn't bother me. Water off a duck's back. I'm like, just do this your guy, job. This guy. Like he's like, yeah, just, you know, do your, uh, do your routes. Do your, you know, when you go out scouting, make sure you, Checking the logbooks, and I'm cool. I and love I... how
2: Joel was hinting at Ellie to go out with Jesse the whole entire time. Yes! <laughs> yes! He's just like, that so how so about Jesse?
0: <laughs> oh my god! Honestly, any flashback sequence with Joel made my heart flutter because Joel is is daddy. <laughs> Joel <laughs> is video game daddy, but also he's a he's trying hard to be a good
1: daddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he got her that tape of like the moon, like of the the rocket takeoff. Oh she, my
0: god, like, I cried. And he's like, I cried he was like, so this
1: hard. And he was like, this was hard to find. He's like, and she's like, I'm like, can you come on? Joel is, look at what he got.
2: Joel is the best. Like, that gift is an giver. amazing gift. There are tears
0: in my eyes because I, I loved that whole section so much. I put on every single helmet.
2: Right. Until
0: I was like, oh, this is the one I want. I went with, like, you know, the whole retro 60s astronaut helmet. That's the one that I had. Putting hats
2: on dinosaurs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a motherfucking dinosaur. (laughs) And
0: referencing (laughs) Jurassic Park, dude. Mm -hmm. I mean, that whole museum sequence was... Honest, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here, right now. That museum sequence is my favorite part in the whole game. It was like
2: being it in the was... Halloween store back in Left Behind almost. Yeah,
0: it was also. Yeah. I think it was yep. the Last of Us Part Two that everyone wanted. Mm-hmm. That was our expectation, and that's not what we got. So when it's you like, get those moments, this is how the relationship should be. Yeah, it's, it just feels <laughs> so bittersweet. And then the very next flashback is Ellie finding out that Joel lied. And my heart crumbles all over again. And then you get to the end of the game and you get that. I'm starting. You look for guitar strings first, though. You get that fucking. Oh, yeah, you do get the guitar. You find the you
2: find the couple that committed suicide together.
0: Yeah. No. Fuck. Anyway, (laughs) you you essentially find out that Joel stood up for Ellie because some guy, Seth, fuck Seth. He's the very bottom. Fuck Mm -hmm. Seth. And then Mel. Fuck uh, Seth and his sandwiches. Because Seth didn't die. Uh, R.I.P. Mel, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that scene where you find out why Ellie and Joel are beefing at the beginning of the game. And I thought for a moment that Ellie's last words to Joel ever were, I don't need your help. Or whatever it is that she says to him at that bar. And my I was hysterically crying. Because that's such a heart wrenching feeling and to think that she's going on this revenge quest knowing that the last words she said to him were that. Now thankfully they're not. Um it ends on a much more um positive and uplifting note. But um those flashbacks with Joel and when you see him on the porch with the guitar, you know, it's it and wearing the jacket that she smells after he dies. Like those are those are some those are some rough but amazingly acted and written moments
1: naughty dog you know just how to tug at our heartstrings
2: oh yeah now they do a really good job at making you blubber but um no i i had the same thought when she was like uh i don't need your help and like cursing him out in the bar i was like you piece of shit you should feel horrible (laughs) now and you should be re." trying to redeem yourself and then that whole scene that just shows where she's like yeah I can forgive you and I want to work this out because you are family and I understand this is the world we live in now and and
0: I have to ask you guys this question because I took this ending completely different um, at the end when Ellie is at the pillars and she lets Abby go because Abby has been caught by the rattlers and she's been punished along with Lev for attempting to escape, I believe. Um, but you get there as Ellie, right? And Ellie cuts down Lev. And I was like, okay, perfect. She's going to cut down at, or she's, originally what I thought was going to happen was that Ellie was going to give her big monologue and then walk away. Just leave her to die up on the pillar. But nope, she cuts her down because she wants to kill her mono a mono. And during this very intense, heated battle, I think you just play as Ellie, right? Mm-hmm. During that yeah. sequence? Okay. You're just playing as Ellie um, and you're beating the crap out of Abby. I literally was wincing every single time I hit her, but I was like, all right, this is how it's going to have to be. And then you see him, ghost Joel. How did you guys take that? Like what, what do you think happened? Why did Ab? why did Ellie stop to you? What did Joel showing up in that moment signify to you?
2: forgiveness why it was the moment when she forgave him and she was like realizing that he was able to change and not be the monster that he was before and I think she realized that like if I continue down this road this is who I'm gonna become
0: okay I can I can see that Roberto what about you
1: i was like trying to figure out exactly what that meant i don't know if that was like just her having the flashback and that's just sort of like jarred her and like what am i doing with my life what am i doing with this um so i didn't really know how to take that but having heard uh, the explanation just now i think that sort of makes the most sense where she's like that's when it clicked it's like that's when she was like I can let her go. I can let go of this because otherwise I'm just going to go down this path and it's going to take me to a incredibly dark place. And she was like, I don't want to be that person.
0: I think so, you know, Sarah, thank you. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation because there are a lot of things about this game that, you know, I'm starting to think about again in a different perspective, but When I first encountered that moment when I and I'm beating the shit out of Abby and I'm like, all right, this is this is going to have to be how it ends. Right. And Mm -hmm. ghost Joel shows up and Ellie stops. I was totally confused. I thought she was going to see Joel and that seeing Joel was her justification to keep going. Do you know what I mean? She's like, yes, I'm going to finish this out. Like John Wick style. Like John Wick is thinking of his wife, of his dog. He's like, I'm closing it out, motherfuckers. And instead she stops. So I didn't originally interpret it as forgiveness. And I think that's beautiful because I was so cynical and so confused. It felt unearned to me until you had brought it up like that i feel
2: also because they show you another flashback of joel and he has a bloody face and he's lying on the ground and they could have shown that same moment where she just like does the final blow in joel and instead they showed a moment of him playing Mm. guitar on his porch
1: right yeah
0: I, I totally get that now. You see, I, I'm stupid. I didn't see that at first. I was like, <laughs> see, I was just, now, I was so angry. I was so ready to kill Abby, even though I loved Abby. I was like, fuck it. We're closing it out as Ellie. I'm going in for my girl. Let's go. And-, see,
1: and and with that revelation, it makes that last scene of the game hit that much harder because at that moment when she realized, I can forgive and let go of this, and then she gets home to an empty homestead. <sighs> That Real. makes that scene have that much more impact. She's like, I've let it go. I'm like i it's, it's cleansed out of my system now. I feel the weight lifted off my shoulder.
2: But at what cost?
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, and now I'm home and Nina and the baby are gone.
2: My family's not here. Yeah. But yeah, her Dina even done. told her, she was like, If you go, I'm not gonna be here when yep. you come back.
0: Right. I guess I just it felt unearned to me at the moment because I was so confused. I felt that you know I mean obviously Ellie had moved on in a certain kind of way she was mm-hmm. still dealing with her PTSD but she had Dina she had the house she had the baby and then Tommy comes in like a fucking tornado and fuck Tommy I liked Tommy until Cyclops
2: Tommy with his this one eye
0: game that he he starts egging Ellie on again Yeah, and it's toxic and then that's what brings her to this moment you know so I I at first didn't feel like it was earned. Uh honestly, sometimes when I think about it, it still feels a little bit unearned. It feels a little bit cheesy that, you know, they both get this sort of closure because I mean, I would have liked a subversion of expectations that, you know, maybe maybe Ellie just just does fucking kill Abby, like because Ellie's not who we think she is. Right. But I know that Naughty Dog wanted to tell this story about revenge and redemption and forgiveness. So Is there anything else you guys want to mention, um, set piece wise or story wise before we move on to our last little bit?
2: Um I just could have I could have gone without the racking. I hated the racking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, um, 100% disagree, next.
2: <laughs> oh, callbacks to part one. That was a big thing. That Like, the, uh, like Bill's um, tripwire explosions. Bill's and yeah. you do a whole bunch of collectibles now. You're collecting cards instead of, like, comic books, which I thought was cool. Now you're collecting, like, individual cards, which, like, have um, the creator on it.
0: Yeah, there was a Neil Druckmann did make a uh, Savage Starlight card of himself. <laughs> That's uh he's not, you know, he's not narcissistic at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd put I'd put my fucking face in the game, why not? Send it.
2: They put the um Oh fuck. They put the the producer in there as well, Gustavo, the guy who does like all the music production oh, for Oh, the guy it? who
0: does the music. Yeah. Yeah, his music's sick. Did you know that he does the intro for To Make a Murder, or Making a Murder?
2: Really? He does really? that
0: theme music. Yeah, the oh, more you know. I not know that. Yeah, he has really, I love his music, but I get really into soundtracks. Speaking of which, uh, this mm-hmm. game also has a phenomenal soundtrack. I love The Last of Us' soundtrack. I have it on Spotify. I I have the vinyl now, and I don't mind listening to it. That's I think the-, the music is incredible for setting an atmosphere, and I think music is often overlooked in games, cinema, all of it. So, and it doesn't like
2: overpower the story either. It just, it really helps guide it. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, I I think that about covers the story. We we made it through the big chunk of the conversation, you guys. Woo-hoo. Yay! <laughs> all right, so we're just gonna close it out here with our hopes and wishes for the future uh, regarding the franchise and also um what we hope to see from naughty dog in the future. Um Sarah, would you like to start?
2: Um I don't want to hear about the HBO show until like it's about to come out 6 months beforehand. True. I I don't want uh what happened with this game to happen with the show where they're just like we're making a show based on the last of us and like 2 3 years pass and nothing still has happened. But um I hope to play as Lev. I think it would be fun to play as Lev in the uh in the next game or to play as Anna, Ellie's mom.
0: I forgot her mom's name was even Anna. I'm not gonna
2: I'm not
1: gonna <laughs>
0: front. Uh Berto, would you I, like to I think
1: it would be cool. Like I would like to see and I mentioned it before that the the start of the war between the WLF and the Seraphites. I want to see like how that developed. I want to see the major players. I want to see Isaac and other players who maybe are no longer around but are mm-hmm. very impactful to how that all started. Uh, and then maybe on the tail end of that, you see like, Levin Yara getting away from the parasite and that's sort of like where their story starts.
0: Uh, I see what you're saying, yeah. So part three is just, we're going to keep going back. Into the past
1: <laughs> or not even maybe not a part three but like a dlc like if i want to see a part uh-huh. three i think it needs to be a completely new story i think that uh between last of us one and two we have the complete story from like ellie to abby and everyone involved i don't think there's another story to tell there unless they want to mind it and be like well they've they've met the fireflies yay please don't like i, like, I don't i don't think that's a story <laughs> that needs to be told i think it's already done but I think as far as, like, additional stories from this, it could just be a DLC where you see how the war develops, how, you know, each side is, is dealing with it and how they're suffering losses on either side. Uh, and that leads into, like, what the war is when we first encounter it in Last of Us 2.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's pretty good pretty good summation of some of my thoughts um my thoughts are yeah the story's complete um i think we don't need to see ellie and abby anymore actually i don't want to see ellie and abby anymore i think ellie's story ends pretty well for her i mean it could go either way she could just say fuck it and go back for abby and love because she has nothing or you know she could just I don't know, backpack across the country, maybe she could do a Joel thing and really go into her full Joel self, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's up to her, not to us. Uh, Abby's fucked up and she's got Lev, so now I don't, I don't think there's anything else to tell with her. I like the idea of WLF and, um, the Seraphites, but even more, um, I liked the Rattlers. I liked the idea of these very scary, like, Nazi-esque, like, dudes Mm -hmm. decked out in fucking police armor, slave-trading people, um, and using Infected for traps. And, like, they're like hunters, but on steroids. That's what they were. And um, I think a game um, in that setting, where you're being stalked by Infected and the Rattlers you know, would be pretty interesting. There's a lot of stories to tell in this universe. I think the part, I think part two, um, was ambitious in its world building and its lore. So when it did falter and fail in certain aspects, you know, certain moments, uh, length, pacing, whatever. I mean, they did a great job, um, really enriching the environments and the stories that there are to tell in this universe. Um, Do I want a sequel, another Last of Us sequel? No. I I want to see Naughty Dog work on a new property. I don't want to see another Uncharted. I don't want to see another Last of Us. I wish that Amy Hennig finally did that Star Wars project, but that got canceled. Could you imagine like a Star Wars Uncharted game?
1: A, a, a story focused Star Wars oh, game. What was god. it? Project what was it? Thirteen, thirteen. Just
0: swap out like the rattlers with stormtroopers, <laughs> bruh. And you're like, and you're playing like Rogue One esque, where you're just a person that's literally like doing guerrilla terror tactics.
2: That would be cool.
0: That would, that would be sick been... as fuck.
1: But apparently, story driven games don't sell.
0: Lies. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Lies. I was so upset at that.
0: Yeah, so The Last of Us, in case y'all didn't know, fucking smashed um, a lot of PlayStation's records. I think it was the fastest selling release um, ever for the PlayStation 4. Yeah. And then um, it was recently overtaken by Ghost of Tsushima, which is also well-earned, but uh, The Last of Us is not without praise. It's It's got some really great stats and numbers backing it up, unless you're Metacritic.
1: <laughs> i was just like looking up something real quick this is as of june so these numbers are pretty stale but four million copies sold
0: Jesus. through
1: ju through end of june 2020
0: is that physical and in- and digital or just physical I,
1: I think that might be physical because i don't think because that they the have
0: downloads a, yeah imagine. i don't think they have a
1: way to like accurately quantify digital sales that's always been sort of a sticking point whenever mm-hmm. they record and report sales figures is that digital it's always a little like How do we report that? Because not everyone releases digital figures, and when they do, it's always like, it's a little suspect.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially for those people who had fucked up pre-orders like me, I mean, there must have been a ton of digital downloads to kind of make up for that. Um, And as Sarah touched on earlier, they are making or developing a Last of Us TV show. I think they have a director and they've started casting. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see that shit. (laughs) <laughs> want see I really don't you could I don't either. Uh, if you are at home and you are listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you. but second of all, um all of the cutscenes for the games are compiled in movie like formats. So you don't even have to play the game. You could just watch the cutscenes and you'd still get the crucial story and and it works. So, I don't need an HBO TV show version because they're probably going to sex up and age up Ellie and do some weird shit <laughs> because that's HBO. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no, we don't we, we don't need it. Yeah. HBO, stop it. Stop <laughs> we it. We definitely don't need Leave it. Leave
0: it alone.
1: Take a page out of Netflix book and have the creators run a, like drop from the project like they did with Avatar. <gasps> oh, we don't God. need that. Don't dude, even get on part of This could be yeah, dude. this
0: could be a whole other <laughs> no. podcast right now.
1: Oh yeah, no, I just brought that up to say do what they did and just drop it. Ugh. It doesn't need to happen. Yeah. We don't need like we have the story from The Last of Us already between these two games. We don't we don't need a live action adaptation.
0: Yeah, it's it's not gonna be well. It's not gonna do well. <laughs> I just don't no. want it to happen. Just leave it be. No, no, no. leave it alone. Yes.
1: Leave leave the image that I have alone. Don't tarnish it.
0: Well, you guys, um, I think that about wraps up our Last of Us 2 conversation. Uh, I just want to say thank you for sitting down with me on our lovely uh, casuals-only chat. So thank you, you guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you.
1: Thank you for, for having me and for including me. This was super fun. Uh, I could talk Last of Us all day. So I mean, we have, have been, been going incredibly- on for like two hours. <laughs> yeah that's just scratching the surface
0: exactly there's still <laughs> so much stuff that we missed out but um before we close out the show is there anything you want to plug anything you want to let the listeners at home know about projects that you're working
2: on um i am going to the studio on sunday so i will be coming out with some music soon if you want to follow me on instagram or soundcloud instagram is suhela that's s-u dot h-a-h-e-y dot l-a-h and then Halo Days on SoundCloud, which is H A I L A D A Z E. Um, yeah. Make a music. Yeah. Nice. Make a the music. music. Staying creative during quarantine. Quote unquote. We'll we'll close out the show with some of your music. How about that? Out, give out. the give the
0: listeners a little taste. Sounds good.
1: I'm absolutely gonna check that out on SoundCloud. Thank you. Uh, you can find me, I do a, a video game podcast, come uh, a bi-weekly podcast uh, with two other guys. Uh, we talk, we get really, really into the weeds on video games. It's called Split Screen Cynics. Um, you can check us out. Episodes usually release every other Friday. Uh, and We also record live the previous Monday. Um, so yeah, check us out there. We're pretty much listed on every major platform that uh, aggregates and lists podcasts. Uh, and to get most up to date information on when we're recording, when we're going live, and things like that, you can check our Twitter account, Split Screen Cynics, um, S C R N, because of the character limit. Uh, yeah, and I'm at that account, so I post all the information on there.
0: Awesome. Guys, honestly, listen to his podcast with his friends. It's great. Um, and. Honestly, thank y'all for listening to my podcast with my friends. Um, I'm Shannon. You guys can find me on Twitter at ByTheGoddess. And you can also find me streaming on Twitch every day. Um, Monday through Friday, I stream at 6 Mountain Central Standard Time, whatever, MST. And um, on Saturdays and Sundays, I play games I've never played before um, at 12 p.m., so again at by the goddess sarah is at suhey law and halia days and uh berto is at split screen cynics and i'm also going to plug his i'll be the one and only uh you could probably find that on the sp- split screen cynics page <laughs> Woo! what a name <laughs> all right you guys well thank you so much for listening and thanks you guys for being here thank you, thank you.
1: it was a blast It
0: was a lot of fun all right bye you guys bye